able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. And one of the elders said to me, weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And he went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne. And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each holding a harp, golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. And then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the voices of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. Uh, let's pray together, church. Our Father... And we get to call you that. That's incredible. Uh, that we would be overwhelmed by that fact that we get to call the sovereign God of all creation, Father. The God who holds all things in his hand. The one who's worthy of every praise that's ever given. Every praise that's being given today. And every praise that will be given in the future. For all eternity. And so much more. We get that privilege today to call you Father. So may we never get over that. May we approach you and your word today as sons and daughters, ones who have a relationship with you and just want to hear their father speak to them. Thank you that you don't hide your face from us, but that you draw us in and that you want us to know your will and to walk in it. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear this morning as we approach your scriptures. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen, church. You can be seated. Thank you. Thank you for worshiping so well this morning, and I just want to say how grateful I am to stand up here and to preach the Word of God uh, to my church today. This is my church, Grace Fellowship. This is your church. If you belong to this church, this is your, uh, if this is uh, your congregation that you go to all the time, you know, even if you're not a member today, this is your church, and um, we want you to be a member uh, but this is who you belong to, the saints, the gathered, the gathered ones, the called out ones. So uh, I, it is such a privilege to stand here uh, behind this pulpit. And just as we sang, he is worthy, like I feel very unworthy. I feel very unworthy to preach the, the gospel to you guys today. And I know every guy who stands behind this pulpit every week feels the same way. Uh, I know it. And, um, but even though I feel unworthy, I know that he is worthy. And uh, that's, that's why I can stand here today. So... 
Church, let's uh, continue our worship today in the scriptures. So turn with me to Acts, uh, the book of Acts, chapter 19, verses 11 through 20. And as you're you're turning there, uh, we began preaching through the uh, Acts of the Apostles about a year ago. Um, I believe it was a year ago. Is that right, Carlton? Yeah, about about a year ago. Uh, We took a break in December and January and picked kind of back up where we left off this past February. And uh, last week in our passage, Paul arrived in Ephesus, and uh, Pastor Carlton's sermon dealt with the Holy Spirit coming upon believers, but also the implications that has for us, Uh, not just a story in the Bible that we see, but the implications that has for us as well. Uh, Pastor Carlton taught that the Holy Spirit is for you, if you remember it, say it with me, with you and in you, yes, for you, with you, and in you, that's what he's uh, teaching last week, so You know, the Holy Spirit, and you see we kept the same graphic uh, that we had last week uh, up here today, uh, the good news of the Holy Spirit, because I feel like this is just a part two uh, today of what Carlton preached last week. So uh, the Holy Spirit shouldn't be the forgotten person of the Trinity, and we feel like he is sometimes. He's the forgotten person of the Trinity, and too many times, uh, especially in our little corner of evangelicalism, right, uh, he is. You know, brothers and sisters, this this should not be. This should not be. all throughout last week uh, in the office, when we, during the week when we discussed the sermon and we talk about it, um, we were talking about this passage of scripture that we would be teaching and that our desire was that the dwelling of the Holy Spirit within his people, within us, within you, uh, would become a tangible reality to us. That it would become something that is so real, uh, not just a theory or anything like that, that it is a real thing and that he dwells within his people. Um, and I believe after walking away from our sermon last week uh, that that goal was accomplished. I believe we walked away last Sunday believing that, knowing that the Holy Spirit, I, I did. Like I, I feel like I walked through this week a little bit more cognizant of the reality that the Holy Spirit dwells within me. I hope, did you? I hope you did, because I did. Um, so this week, our passage, it keeps us in, Ephesia, in Ephesus. Uh, and if the last week's passage taught us what it looks like for the Holy Spirit to be... Uh, for us, with us, and in us, then this week's passage is going to show us what it looks like when the Holy Spirit goes to work through us, okay? And God, God doesn't just fill us with the Holy Spirit to enjoy him all to ourselves, right? Uh, and you know people like this, um, you know, like, I just want to soak in the Holy Spirit. Like, I just want the Holy Spirit to, you know, uh, just you know, make me feel this, like, emotion, right, you know? Not that that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. Um, But people can be so addicted to a feeling that they get when worshiping the Lord or when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, and those are wonderful things to do, but a theology of the Holy Spirit that isn't on mission to a lost world is nothing more than empty emotionalism. That's all it is. And uh, so uh, theology of the Holy Spirit needs to keep us on mission, Okay. So what I want to do today is I want to read our passage together and hear the word of the Lord speak to us. So we're in uh, Acts chapter 19, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 11 and go through verse 20. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick. And their diseases left them, and the evil spirit came out of them. 
Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize. But who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus, both Jews and Greeks. And fear fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. Also, many of those who were now believers came, confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. If you're using the ESV today or several other versions like it, the subheading in this section is going to say the seven sons of Sceva or the sons of Sceva. And now we know subheadings aren't inspired, right? You know, they're not like an inspired thing in, in the Bible. They're just subheadings. And uh, we find out reading through this passage that there were actually seven sons of Sceva. And I told the guys this week, I always thought that would be a great band name. Like if you had a band, like the seven sons of Sceva, like headlining at the Fillmore in San Francisco for one night only, the seven sons of Sceva. That'd be great. So if you ever got a band, you want, you want a good name, there you go. So as we were chopping up the sermon around the office this week, we talked about the fact that it would be really easy in this passage to get lost in the weeds of like, don't be like the seven sons of Sceva and try to use the name of Jesus for personal gain. I mean, that's obvious, right? Like, we can see that when we read the, read the, um, the text. So uh, that's definitely in the, in the text, and we want to look at it here in just a moment. But, uh, but we'll be building off of where Carlton had us last week, and we want to explore what it looks like for the Holy Spirit to work through us as he does Paul in this passage. And the account of what happened to the sons of Sceva is so remarkable because it's juxtaposed against the way the Holy Spirit's working through somebody like Paul, okay? So I'll tell you where we're headed today before we go, and if you're taking notes, you can go ahead and jot these points down, um, and then we'll go back and hang some clothes on these points as we, uh, <laughs> to get that? <laughs> Got to put clothes back on right after the sons of Sceva got... Yeah, uh, <laughs> so we, uh, we hang some clothes on them uh, so that these points aren't, you know, naked and running from the house. So uh, today's passage, we're going to see that the Holy Spirit does these things. He, the Holy Spirit working through you will do this. He will accomplish extraordinary things, okay? That's the first one. He will accomplish extraordinary things. Number two, the Holy Spirit working through you will give us power over evil principalities and powers. Will give us power over evil principalities and powers. Number three, the Holy Spirit working through you will result in an awakening and repentance of those around you. And number four, the Holy Spirit working through you will result in the word of the Lord increasing and prevailing. So the Holy Spirit working through you will accomplish ordinary things. It will give us power over evil principalities and powers. 
will result in an awakening and repentance of those around you, and it will result in the word of the Lord increasing and prevailing. So when the Holy Spirit is for you, as Pastor Carlton said last, last week, with you and in you, he is going to accomplish extraordinary things through you. And you can take that to the bank. That is absolutely true. Uh, some things you'll be aware of as they're happening. happening. Like you'll just, they'll be happening right in front of you and you're going, man, the Holy Spirit is working through me. Like I'm standing right here and the Holy Spirit's doing something. Um, and you can watch it as it's happening. And, uh, you know, other times you won't be aware of it till much later. Um, but he will. And I know this because... He promised us he would. Like, we can look back in Acts chapter 1, right? Like, the way this book completely started. Acts chapter 1, 8, when he said this, he said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and in Samaria, Samaria and to the end of the earth. So when this passage says in chapter 19, verse 11, that, God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. This is the end of the earth part of that promise, okay? And it extends to us today. Like, we, we take the gospel as well, like, to the ends of the earth. Um, being, being made, being have, have power from the Holy Spirit coming through us. So, um, now obviously these extraordinary miracles that uh, were being done by the hands of Paul in verses 11 and 12 are pretty unusual, right? Like, you remember when we read those and it said that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick and their diseases left them. So these are pretty extraordinary things and quite unusual things that were happening by the, na- the, the hands of Paul. And Paul wasn't walking around handing these handkerchiefs out to people, okay? So I, I, I want to make sure we understand that. Like, Paul wasn't just going, here, take one of these and place it under your pillow and sleep on it and then you'll be healed, okay? Because... Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't recommend that we do that either, uh, even though there are plenty of people who do that. You know, this is a description of the mighty things that God was doing. This is not a prescriptive command for us to mimic, okay? Um, but people do this, and I'm, I'm not going to take time to, you know, tee off on those people <laughs> here in the, here in the, the sermon, and, and we can watch, turn on TV, and you can find tons of folks who are doing that, and uh, you see them uh, saying, well, send me $100, and I'll send you this prayer, uh, this prayer handkerchief, and you can place it under your pillow, and you'll get a receive a blessing. If you send me two hundred dollars, I'll send you two, and then you sleep on that, you'll get a double blessing, right? Uh, funny story. A few years ago, uh, I was watching TV, uh, and one of these guys popped up on TV, and he was saying, you know, uh, send me, you know, call this number, send me your address or whatever, and I'll send you a free prayer handkerchief and some miracle spring water, I think, is what else he was, he was sending out. And uh, so I just, like, well, I was going to call up and, like, put my friend's name in it, you know, <laughs> just so, so he, would, he would get it. So I did. Like, I called, I called him up, and I just I gave my, my friend's name and number, and then I didn't hear anything from him for a while. And I was, you know, when you kind of play a joke on somebody and you're kind of waiting on them to go, listen to what happened, you know, and he never said anything. And months later, I was like, hey, man, did you ever get that prayer handkerchief and that Miracle spring water. He's like, did you do that? And I said, yeah. And he said, I get calls like every day from that guy. I was like, yes. That's what I was going for. That's what I was going for. So that is not how this works, okay? Like we're not, we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to mimic 
uh, mimic that. So uh, it's important to note here that Paul's ministry focus is not on healing people, okay? Uh, Paul's focus is preaching and proclaiming the gospel. The extraordinary miracles are a byproduct of his preaching and proclaiming. And uh, as we see later in this passage, the word of the Lord increased. Uh, this is the way we do it, that we preach and proclaim the gospel. Uh, so the word of the Lord uh, increases. And that same promise that Jesus gave in person to his disciples before the ascension in Acts 1-8, that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be my witnesses. Uh, that same promise is extended to us today. You, were, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, church, and you will be his witnesses. We will. That's a promise. And you're a witness if your life has been changed by Jesus Christ. If your sin has been cleansed and you now walk as a new creation, the miraculous, we, like Paul, will be accomplished through you. It will be. We, like Paul, simply need to focus on proclaiming the gospel. And I know in our Western mindset that, you know, miracles, especially modern day miracles that we see, are typically really focused on health, right? Does God still heal? Absolutely he does. God still heals people. And just this week, and I have to give testimony to this today because we asked, we asked our father to, to heal someone, and he did. And I have a friend from high school who has a little daughter that she brought home from Bulgaria uh, uh, less than a year ago, and uh, she ended up in the hospital this week with double pneumonia, both lungs, ended up on a ventilator, this precious little girl. And um, I asked the women's Bible study on Thursday morning to pray for her. I asked our uh, students on Wednesday night to pray for her. It was really not looking good on Wednesday night. And as we prayed, uh, we got word yesterday that she's off the ventilator. She's improving continuously. And so does God heal people? Absolutely. I mean, we, we need to ask. We need to ask the Lord, uh, Lord to heal people and praise him for physical healing. Um, but don't forget about the absolute miracle of salvation, right? The absolute miracle of salvation that, that Peter says in, in his epistle that even angels are longing to look into this, into this miracle of salvation. So proclaim the word of the Lord and the Holy Spirit through you will do such extraordinary things that we will simply stand there in awe. Proclaim the word of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit will accomplish extraordinary things through us. And he will also give us power over evil principalities and powers. So once again, let's read verses 13 through 16 in our text. Uh, verses 13 through 16. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying this, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this, but the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. <clears throat> uh, Matt Chandler said in a sermon uh, that uh, if when the fight started you were wearing pants and when it was over you were no longer wearing pants, <laughs> then you lost. <laughs> like, that, that's, that's, a, that's a whooping, right? Okay, so, I mean, just think about that. That was some more, that was some more whooping, so... <laughs> so evil, 
evil principalities, evil principalities are powerful, right? Like, I mean, we, we can acknowledge that. They are powerful. Especially if you're trying to invoke the name of Jesus for personal gain. That's not something to mess around with, right? Uh, so these Jewish exorcists uh, didn't believe in Jesus or his gospel. Didn't believe in it. And they're trying to throw their names around, right? Throw Jesus' name around. Throw Paul's name around. So notice the wording they used when they did this. They said, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. The Jesus whom Paul proclaims. So yeah, they, they didn't believe in this Jesus. They didn't, you know, or his gospel. They were just using words, right? So this is the equivalent of, like, name dropping, okay? Like, uh... Like, I know a guy who knows a guy, you know? Uh, this is like name dropping. And I don't know for you guys, men in here, I, there's nothing I really enjoy more than telling somebody, hey, I know a guy. Like, <laughs> like, you got something going on? Like, I know a guy, call this guy, and he will hook you up, you know? And then when that person calls that person and they, you know, have a good job done for them, whether, whether it's plumbing at the house or whatever, like, they go and do a good job for a mechanic on your car, and then they say, oh, man, I was so happy with the, guy, the job this guy did on my car. And that just makes you feel good because you recommended this guy. Like, I know a guy. So that's just one of my favorite things to, to say. Um, you know, um, I call my guy. He does good work. And, you know, they're happy. It makes me feel awesome. So this is what the seven sons of Sceva are, are kind of doing here. So they're saying, like, hey, I know this guy. I know this guy. And his name's Paul. And he uses a guy's name, Jesus. And you demons are supposed to flee when I say his name. Uh, so, yeah, I know Jesus, and I recognize Paul, but who are you? Well, he doesn't know who he, who he is, or to who they are, the seven sons of Sceva. So, uh, I, I recognize Paul, but you don't have any authority to use the name of Jesus. You have zero, zero. It means means nothing to me. You have no authority here, so... Um, it would be like if I told you, you know, hey, I've got a guy, call this guy, and tell him Adam sent you, and he'll, he'll work you in. Like, he'll, he'll take care of you, or whatever. Um, but you call him up, and he says, like, Adam, yeah, I don't, I don't know anybody by that name. <laughs> I'm busy, I can't get to you. You'll have to call me back later. So the authority that I had to, like, use my guy's name doesn't really exist, right? Um, so that's, that's what uh, they're saying here. They're saying, like, I, I know Jesus, I recognize Paul, but... I don't know you. And that wouldn't have gone down the same way had Paul done this, would it? Why? What's the difference between Paul and, and these guys? Well, the Holy Spirit was at work through Paul. The Holy Spirit was at work through Paul. And Paul had the authority to use the name of Jesus. And the demons knew and would run shrieking away from him because he had that authority. And here's the thing. If you're in Christ today, if you are in Christ today, you have that authority too. Like if you belong to Christ, you have the same authority. People that have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them are recognized by evil principalities and powers. And the Holy Spirit through us gives us victory. And I feel like there's people in the congregation today that are probably struggling to win a battle with sin. And you just hadn't grasped this point. So I want to just take a moment and talk about it. So uh, evil principalities and powers are trying their best to, to get their hooks in you, and you feel powerless. But understand today that if you're in Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells within you. If you're in Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells within you, and it's powerful. He's powerful beyond compare. And through you, he'll give you the victory over that sin. 
He already has. He already has given you victory over the sin. Uh, Romans 6, 12 through 14 says this. It says, let not sin reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passion. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. So I promise, if you're in Christ today, you are recognized. So expose the darkness and walk into the light. The Holy Spirit working through you is greater. And then you know what? Um, The Holy Spirit working through you will cause an awakening and repentance of those around you. Verse 17 says this, And this became known to all the residents of Ephesus. In our, in our passage there, verse 17. This became known to all the residents of Ephesus, and fear fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled. As we were talking about this passage this week in the office, uh, I said the first thing that popped in my mind when I hear this is uh, Ananias and Sapphira, just earlier in, just earlier in Acts. <clears throat> Chapter 5, I believe it is, um, when people try to use the name of Jesus for personal gain, the result isn't pretty. Ananias and Sapphira, if you recall the story in chapter 5, you can go back and read it if you want, uh, they lost their lives because they tried to use the church, use Christ for personal gain. And what happened? Great fear gripped the church, and a sense of awe came over them all. That's very similar to what's happening here, and and it happens many other times in Scripture as well. Um, But let's zero in right here in this passage on the response of the people. Let's look at verses 18 and 19, and let's read it together. Also, many of those who were now believers came, confessing and divulging their practices. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them and found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. That's what awakening and repentance looks like. It is radical. It's a radical thing. Um, there's no desire to save face here, um, as we see in this passage. Um, it's out in the open, in front of everybody. They brought their they brought uh, their their books and things like that, and they burned them in the sight of everyone. So this is a great awakening happening in Ephesus, a great awakening, and they literally burned a small fortune, okay? It says 50,000 pieces of silver, so assuming that those pieces of silver were denarii, which was a really common uh, currency in Ephesus at the time, um, we're talking about a single worker's wages for 137 years. That's a lot of money. So this is life-changing wealth that these guys are burning. And that's what, that's what true repentance looks like. Nothing else matters because the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, right? When a man found, when a man found it, in his joy, don't, don't miss that, in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought that field. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13. Because the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field. So burning all those things that... that Cost that counted up to those that many wages didn't matter. Um, 
You know, what would cause people to literally set fire to that kind of wealth? What would cause people to do that? Um, it's just unexplainable. It doesn't make sense. Why would they do that? No one was under a spell or compulsion or anything like that. Uh, this is one of those moments I was talking about earlier where the Holy Spirit's at work and you just stand back with your jaw on the floor and go, I, I can't explain that. I cannot explain what's happening in front of me. That is the Holy Spirit. You've had moments like that, right, in your life? You've had moments where that's happened. And you can see it happening right in front of you. Try to recall one. Just think about one. doesn't have to be a recent one. It could be a recent one. It could be one that happened yesterday or last week. I've talked to some of you this week who've told me specific things that have happened. And you say, like, I can't explain that. That is the Holy Spirit working. That is the Holy Spirit working. Maybe it's through me. Maybe I'm standing there and, and God's working through me, through the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, we've had these moments in our life. And maybe it was a time where uh, you were at the gym and you're like between sets or something. And you see this guy that you kind of know or, or this, this lady you kind of know. And you think, you know, I've talked to him before but never really engaged in a deep conversation. And then all of a sudden, like you just think you feel really led by the Holy Spirit to speak the gospel to him. And you do, and they're immediately, like, in, hook, line, hook, line, and sinker. You didn't, you didn't prepare anything or anything like that. It's just like they're, they're completely 100% in the moment you start to speak. Like that, when, when the Holy Spirit really starts to work, and you can just sit there with your, with your mouth on the floor. I had a moment like this um, years ago. Uh, I'll never forget, we were at, a, like, a Bible club at uh, middle school um, back in Gadsden, and... Uh, there was, there was a morning we were there. We did it every Thursday morning, I think it was. And there was this girl there that we had never seen before. Usually the same kids come all the time to this Bible club, and it was before school. And there was a girl we had never seen before. We could tell she was wearing some heavy stuff on her face, like, you know, she was there. She was obviously seek, seeking the Lord, probably 13 or so at the time. And uh, she sat through the Bible study or whatever we had. And then afterwards, uh, me and the guy that I did it with, we approached her and started talking to her. And... We didn't have to say anything. Like, she was, she was in. She was basically there to give her life to Christ. And, you know, it, it was an incredible thing. We sat there with her. We, we counseled with her. We prayed with her. She gave her life to Christ. And last I heard, she is, I mean, she is maturing. She is growing. And she is growing in the Lord. And like I said, we didn't do anything. We were just like, man, we're, we're just there. And we were watching the Lord work, watching the Holy Spirit work right there. Uh, so we've, we've all had these, these moments in our lives where we just see the Holy Spirit work, and it just results in this radical, radical repentance from people. Uh, to watch people respond in radical repentance is an awesome, awesome thing. And God chooses to use you and I uh, as we open our mouths, we have to do that, and proclaim the gospel that draws people from death to life. That's the Holy Spirit working through us. Uh, so our entire passage this morning was really set in motion by Paul's obedience to proclaim the word of the Lord um, as the Spirit works through him. And we want to close today when we see the end result in verse 20. So look, at, look with me in verse 20 in our passage. So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. The word of the Lord continue to increase and prevail mightily. So we began, we began talking about these extraordinary miracles uh, done by the hands of Paul. But the focus is on the word of the Lord increasing and prevailing. And when the Holy Spirit's working through us, this will be 
the end result that we see. So we are on a mission, Grace Fellowship, and it's a mission that can only be accomplished by the Holy Spirit's power. And as we said earlier, God doesn't just give us the Holy Spirit so that we can enjoy him and soak in him as a means for our own self-enjoyment. He gives us the Holy Spirit so he can work through us so we can be his witnesses. And what if it could be said of us? Like, what, what if it could be said of us that, um, you know, the Holy Spirit worked through Dustin and the word of the Lord increased and prevailed mightily? You know, what could be said of us? What if it could be said that the Holy Spirit worked through Miss Barbara and the word of the Lord increased and prevailed mightily? Right? What if it could be said of our church, the word of the Lord worked through Grace Fellowship and the word, or the Holy Spirit worked through Grace Fellowship and the word of the Lord increased and prevailed mightily. So as we close today, we're, we're trying to give you some opportunities to respond in some ways. You know, we, we always respond with uh, the supper once, once a month, and uh, we do that on the last Sunday of each month. And um, Jake, you can go ahead and come on. Um, last week, we responded with a song. We joined together and we sang uh, at the end of the service. And uh, today, what we want to do is uh, we want to put a question up on the screen. And uh, we can go ahead and put that up there. And I want us to take a moment. Jake's going to play a verse and a chorus or so of a song. And just in response to the word of the Lord today, this question that we put up on the screen, um, I want us to think about it. I want us to meditate on it. I want us to uh, take some time as Jake plays and sings and ask ourselves this question. Am I allowing the Holy Spirit to work through me? Or is my life too full of other things? Am I allowing the Holy Spirit to work through me? Is my life too full of other things? And if so, like if you say like, my life is too full of other things, then what do I need to do about that? Like how do I need to approach that? How do I need to handle that? And I will say to you that your pastors, your elders, deacons uh, will be available to you after the service today. If you've got, um, if you've got things that you want to discuss about this and you're like, man, I, my life is too full uh, of other things and I do... I do want the Holy Spirit to work mightily through me. And we can counsel with you and we can pray with you. We'll be around. Grab one of us after the, after the service. We're always either standing here at the front or standing at a door as you go out. Just take the time. Grab us. We will pray with you right then and there. And also want to talk specifically uh, to those who may, we talk about the Holy Spirit today. You don't even have a, a way to, you know, understand or comprehend that because you don't have the Holy Spirit living in you. And you may not belong to Christ. If that's the case, maybe like radical repentance needs to happen today in your life. Maybe some, some real, uh, real radical repentance like we saw in this passage needs to happen. And if that's the case, my encouragement to you today is that you would repent and be saved today. That you repent, repent, turn from your sins, give your life to Christ. If he's drawing you, if you feel it, if, if you feel the Lord drawing you, today is the day of salvation. And you can repent and be saved today. And if that's the case, let, let one of our pastors know before you leave here today as well. So as Jake plays and sings, I want you to take, take just a moment, probably a verse and a chorus, and just meditate on this question. Am I allowing the Holy Spirit to work through me, or is my life too full of other things? And if so, what do I need to do about it? If you don't know what you need to do about it, uh, talk to one of us before you leave today. 
Let's take a moment, then we'll come back and be dismissed, okay? Christ the sure and steady anchor in the fury of the storm. When the winds of doubt blow through me and my sins have all been torn in a suffering, in a sorrow, when my sinking hopes are few. I will hold fast to the anchor, it shall never be moved. Christ the sure and steady anchor, while the tempest rages on, when temptation claims the battle and it seems the night has won and deeper still then goes the anchor though I justly stand accused I will hold fast to the anchor it shall never be removed Amen church let's pray together as we are dismissed today. Our Father, the word of the Lord that we've heard proclaimed today, that we have been taught in and and, uh, read, Father, I pray that it would take a deep root in our hearts and that we would grow and mature from the seeds of the the word being planted within us and that it would find good soil in our hearts and we would uh, um, become more like you. Uh, We'd become more controlled by the Holy Spirit, that the fruits of the Spirit would have more control over us, and uh, Father, we would submit to you more um, daily. Father, we thank you for Grace Fellowship. We thank you for this church that is such a blessing to us. And Lord, we can look around this church and see the things you're doing in this body, and we can be just totally blown away by it. Because there seems not to be like a tangible reason other than, Lord, we... I believe, I believe Grace Fellowship is submitting to your spirit. I believe Grace Fellowship is uh, saying, Lord, whatever you want, whatever you desire, that's what we want to be about. And Lord, you're blessing and you're doing things that we cannot explain among our body. So we are so grateful for that today. And Father, we pray and we ask that you continue to do it. God, we ask that, uh, as Carlton prayed earlier, God, that our church would grow. We ask that unashamedly. Because we want people to know the life-changing power of Jesus Christ and his gospel. and We want people to mature. and We want people to grow and um, be called from death to life. Father, that's what we desire. Father, we, we ask for that, Lord. And uh, we are just so grateful for the time in your word today. and uh, Time together worshiping the Lord. We pray for each one of these folks today as they leave. That they would be blessed. Their families would be blessed. And uh, the next Sunday you would bring them back to this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for being...